This is the Insulone podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, confidence within your own diabetes management transfers to other areas of your life too. Because it's like, well, if I can confidently deal with this chronic lifelong condition that I live with, <laughs> there's not much else that will be more difficult. <laughs> That's the way that I look at it. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Okay, part two, we are back to get stuck into the eight things that I wish I was told when I was first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes back in 2012, which at times feels like yesterday and other times feels like a lifetime ago. So just to reiterate quickly, in case you haven't yet listened to part one, I would wonder why you haven't if if you're listening to part two. But the eight things that I wish I was told when I was first diagnosed with diabetes, one to three we have done. Number one, diabetes should be the reason you do something, not your excuse to avoid it. Number two, protein and fat can and will impact your blood sugar. It's not just carbohydrate. Number three, the perspective and relationship you have with your own diabetes will dictate how you live with the condition. Now, getting stuck into number four. Number four, you do not have to eat low carb if you don't want to. Understanding your insulin, your ratios, your timing, and bolus strategies is just as powerful. I feel incredibly passionate about this one because I feel as if if you are kind of in the diabetes world, like social media, or let's just stick with social media, you will constantly see low carb, low carb, low carb, low carb, low carb. I have to eat low carb. That's the only way that I can keep my blood sugar in range. That is a tool you can use to keep your blood sugar in range. If you don't want to eat low carb, much like myself, you do not have to eat low carb. Yes, it can be more complicated. It can and does require more planning. But if you confidently understand your insulin to carb ratios, the insulin that you use, your timing of insulin, and essentially how to strategize your injections, or your bolus, i.e. your insulins, it's just as effective as eating low carb. And you can also eat the carbohydrate. I speak about this in my program all the time. There are people in my program who love eating low carb. They just they just don't want to eat carbohydrate. That's perfectly fine because that's sustainable and maintainable for them. There are other people like myself who really enjoy eating carbohydrate and they eat quite high carb. And more of the focus then is on me understanding my ratios, me understanding my timing, me understanding how to actually approach these higher carb meals. So what I want to get across again is if you live with type 1 diabetes, you do not have to eat low carb if you don't want to. It just will almost inevitably require additional planning. And even from my own perspective, as somebody who does not eat low carb, low carb is a tool that I absolutely use 
in specific moments or scenarios or situations to simplify my management. So for example, let's say I do a, a, a gym session late at night and then I'm going to bed pretty soon after that. The window of time between when I finish my gym session and the time I go to bed is quite small. If I'm loading up on carbohydrate and taking loads of insulin prior to going to bed, I'm increasing the likelihood of my blood sugar going high or low while I sleep, which I don't want because I massively value a steady night's sleep with my blood sugar. Using low carb as a tool in that sort of situation for me works really well because I can focus on protein, I can focus on fat. Yes, they may have an impact depending on the amount that I have as that meal, but eating low carb in that short window of time between when I finish my session and when I go to bed helps assure me and give me confidence that I will sleep in range for the night's sleep. So I don't consider myself somebody who eats low carb because I don't, but I use it as a tool, much like I use pre-bolus as a tool to keep my management in the place that I want it to be. Does that make sense, Graham? Yeah. Yeah, I was enjoying that. <laughs> cool. I was sitting back. You were, you were in a flow. I was loving it. Very different to last week when I was cutting in and bringing you on tangents. <laughs> yeah. we're, fo- we're focused this week. I was just thinking that. That flow state in a podcast is nice. And sometimes even, sometimes even when I'm speaking, I'm like, oh yeah, there's actually people listening to me right now. Um, but anyway, number five, when let's you, move on. When you, see me, when you see me leaning back in my chair, you know I'm just listening and enjoying <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Number five, you are essentially your own doctor minus the prescriptions. <laughs> Educating yourself about the condition is one of the most valuable things you can do for yourself in brackets and the people around you. I could talk for days about this one. It kind of is self-explanatory. You are your own doctor. You're not qualified to be a doctor, but It's you and your diabetes every moment of every day. You're going to see your doctor maybe once every three months, once every six months. I don't know. You are with yourself and your diabetes every single moment of every day. You are the one in the driving seat around what you need to do, what you benefit from, what you don't benefit from. The decisions that you make essentially are up to you. In terms of your insulin doses, your timing, your food, your exercise, your sleep. Everything you do pretty much is in your control. The decisions that you make are in your control for the most part. Why did you include and the people around you at the end? Because when you know more about your diabetes and when you manage it to the standard that you want to manage that. And what I mean by the standard that you want to manage that, what I mean by that is you should manage your diabetes as consistently as you can to the place where you are at your most energized, at your most confident, at your most happy, at your most whatever. It doesn't like when somebody says managing my diabetes, it doesn't have to be you at 95% time and range, because that might not be realistic for you right now. 
But if you know that, look, if I'm at 70% time in range, I feel so much better. I feel energized. I feel happy. I'm in a good mood. I feel confident of my management. You ultimately feel better. That's, that's the goal of living your life with diabetes, to, to have your standard as high as possible where you feel at your best without your diabetes management taking up additional time, energy, and effort to be at that standard. That's the way I look at it. That's the way I want everybody to manage their diabetes. And why I said also the people around you is when you have that confidence and you are in a better mood with your diabetes, you have more energy with your diabetes, that's only going to positively impact the people around you because you have more energy. You're in a better mood. You're not as irritable. You're not as snappy. And ultimately, when you have confidence in your management and you are consistently showing up for yourself in the things that you need to do for your own management, it gives the people around you confidence that they're in the driving seat. They don't need me as much or I don't need to worry about them as much, which in my opinion is important. It actually ties into another client that we have inside the program called Kelly, who is, again, just like a legend, right? She's a renal nurse. She works specifically with diabetics, sees all sorts of complications and things that we don't want to see essentially and she's been living with diabetes for 33 years right she's been with us for now i'd say i think four months just a fantastic person right and has just like it the epitome of a 180 with her diabetes management like the epitome of it and i had a one-to-one call with her recently and we spoke about this and She said the biggest impact that it's had is on the people around her because she has kids, she has a husband, she has a busy professional life, a busy family life. But she said the impact that it's had on the people around her has been more than the impact that it's had on her specifically because she's a parent. She has people to take care of, people that rely on her. And when Kelly is at her best, she sees firsthand that the people around her benefit more from that and that doesn't even specifically have to be with diabetes itself that can just be like your health or your fitness in general like if you're exercising and moving and eating good quality food and drinking more water and sleeping more like you're going to be a better i know we hear this all the time but you're going to be a better version of yourself and when you're a better version of yourself the people around you benefit more from that people can think that you going to the gym or you exercising or you doing blah, 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 is a selfish thing to do. It's, well, it's not, re- it is and it isn't because you benefit, of course, but it has a direct or indirect impact on the people closest to you as well. Number six, I felt like I went on with that one for a while. <laughs> no, sure. I, I asked you a, a question, you answered it? Yeah. No. Number six, nobody can force you to manage your diabetes a certain way. It needs to come from you. This is an important one. I know this can depend on your age and various other factors, but for the most part, your diabetes is your responsibility. That's just the way that it is. You can't be forced to do what you need to do. Nobody can force you to do that for an extended period of time. It has to come from you. And 
because diabetes is a very unique condition with every person, people may kind of respond to that differently. But for me, it's important that everybody living with type 1 realizes that, yeah, look, it's difficult. There's things that are uncertain, things that are unpredictable. But your management has to come from you. It's your responsibility. You can't blame anybody else. You can't blame anything else. It has to come from you. And it's important that it comes from you. And it's, again, just like point number five, when you benefit from your management and you are in the best place you can be with your health, it's not just for you. It's also for the people around you. Number seven, if your blood sugar is high or low, try not to react emotionally, analyze objectively. Knowing the reason why something happens is vital to continued success. For me, this really came to light more so when I had a CGM for the first time. Because when you have a CGM, continuous glucose monitor for anybody who might not know, when you have a CGM, it gives you an ability to constantly see your blood sugar. And you see every high, you see every low, you see if you're high throughout the night, you see if you're high when you're training. It's a fantastic, again, tool to have, but it almost instantly increases the emotional reactions or emphasis or exaggerates the emotional reactions that we can have to our blood sugar. Because I can check my blood sugar as quickly as I can check the time on my phone, which mm. is a privilege to be able to do that. But it opens the doors to more frequent emotional reactions because it's like, oh God, I'm actually seeing everything. So what I always say is be in tune to that idea of if you see a higher low, try not to react emotionally. It's easier said than done. But every high or low that you have essentially is just information. And if you use that information from a high or that information from a low, it can be of benefit to you because you can say, oh, okay, I went high because I didn't have a long enough pre-bolus. I went high because I used the ratio of 1 to 10, but I should have used 1 to 12. Or I went high because I'm really stressed when I do this thing in work. And it's like when you make that switch of an emotional reaction to your blood sugar to objectively analyzing why something has happened, again, you're adding tools to your toolbox. And again, as I repeat myself time and time and time and time and time again, the more that you know about your diabetes management, the easier it can be. The more tools that you have in your diabetic toolbox, the easier it is to live with the condition. That is just the way that it is. Number eight, and the final one. We made it, guys. We did it. We finally did it. I was interrupted a lot it. less by Graham this episode, which I'm, which I'm, <laughs> I'm thankful about. We're, see, we're recording this one at a later time. <laughs> so I'm probably a little bit more tired. Okay. So Graham's decision making isn't as... <laughs> isn't as... Well, my, well, my decision making is actually probably better the more tired I am because I'm just letting you talk <laughs> as opposed to going, That's true. hey, Owen, remember that time you bro <laughs> nearly broke your two legs through the trampoline? <laughs> true, true. We That's should just funny, do eh? We should do late episodes from now on so you just shut up talking. <laughs> right. What's the last eighth, one? Eighth and final one. I'm going to find you, some question to ask you. I know. I was just going to say. 
You don't have to eat, drink, or do something just because the people around you are. Your health, mood, and energy is more important than their perception of you. That's nearly a, a life lesson there. Never mind. That's what uh, this podcast is. It's not a diabetes we're now lesson. The, the Redefining Life podcast as opposed to Redefining Diabetes. There you go. <clears throat> There's a voice crack. Okay, going to repeat it. You don't yeah, have don't. to eat, drink, or do something just because the people around you are. Your health, mood, and energy is more important than their perception of you. For me, this has come with absolute confidence of my diabetes. I've been in, I don't know how many scenarios, situations, dinners, nights out, parties, whatever, where someone has said, ah, have this thing or, you know, drink this thing or have this part of the meal or, you know, get this dessert with me or da, 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 da. It's kind of like a harmless peer pressure where it's like, ah, come on, like have this thing. It's fine. Mm. I am by no means a robot. Like I do the things that I want to do. If, if I want to eat a pizza, I'll eat a pizza. I don't avoid it because I'm diabetic. I have a strategy for it. But somebody wanting me to do something is just instantly shut down if I don't want to do it. If somebody says, Owen, will you get this pizza with me when we're out for dinner or whatever it is, and I don't want the pizza, this actually might come across badly, but it's like, I I just won't get the pizza because the reality of me eating that pizza, let's say closer to bed, compared to that person's reality eating a pizza Mm. closer to bed is completely different because if I eat the pizza, I'm then thinking, you know, am I going to spike throughout the night? Is this going to impact my night's sleep? Am I up early for something I want to be well-rested for? So I want people to be confident in their decision-making around what it is they actually want. And having the confidence to say, like, you know what? I don't want to do that thing because the people around me are. I've gone to plenty of dinners and nights out where people are having, like, cocktails and pitchers of beer and all these kinds of things and i've just had like a tequila soda (laughs) i really like a tequila soda but i know that for me to just be tucking into all those cocktails again the reality of me drinking them is different to the reality of them drinking them i don't know the sugar the carbohydrate the insulin that i need the pre-bolus that i need yada 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 so for me it just simplifies my management in those moments to say no to something and yes to something else. And for me, that just comes with confidence of my own management. Because if somebody says, oh, come on, it's only one night, da, 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 I'll just say, I, I don't care. It's, it's my decision to do this thing or not do this thing. That's just the way that it is. And I think having, and I put that as the last one because making those sorts of decisions, if you want to or not, comes with confidence of your own diabetes management and confidence within your own diabetes management transfers to other areas of your life too because it's like well if i can confidently deal with this chronic lifelong condition that i live with (laughs) there's not much else that 
will be more difficult. <laughs> that's the way that I look at it. Do you know what? That's a very good way of ending it. That's a very good way of looking at it. What could be worse than having this chronic lifelong condition? <laughs> yeah. Saying well, probably, no actually, to somebody who's trying to make me have a beer. Yeah, exactly. If you can deal with that, you can deal with telling somebody to leave you alone. You don't want to have to deal <laughs> yeah. with it. Owen, eight things you wish you were told when you were first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Thank you so much. A two-parter. 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 We, we, we got two out of it. Graham, thank you. As always, thank I you. know we chat all the time, but I feel like we haven't done this episode for a while, so it's good to see you. And I'm sure the listeners, well, I, I would imagine the listeners probably happy to hear from you. Some, some are. Some, some probably some my parents and your mother. <laughs> <laughs> right, folks, as always, really appreciate you listening. We know there are probably at this stage millions of podcasts you can be listening to right now. So the fact that you're listening to this right now, the fact that you're listening every week does not go unnoticed. We really appreciate it. As always, look after yourself. Look after your blood sugars. Have a good day. Have a good week. Chat to you next week. Take care. We love you all. Take it easy.